It's Monday, October 4th. Welcome to the News Diet, a healthier alternative for staying informed. I'm your host, Michelle Carroll. Today, I'm going to talk about what's going on in Congress and why it matters. Let's be informed so we can get on with our day. Last week was a very busy week for members in Congress. They had several big-ticket items on their agenda, and it seems almost all of them are still unresolved. We're talking about agreeing on a spending bill to avoid a government shutdown, talks to increase the debt ceiling to prevent defaulting on our nation's debts, passing an infrastructure bill, and also passing a bill for progressive causes like social programs and climate change initiatives. There's kind of a lot here, so let's break it down. Let's start with the almost government shutdown. Thursday at midnight marked the deadline to approve a new budget for federal spending. Congress came to an agreement at the last minute, just hours before the deadline. However, the agreement is only enough to fund the government a few weeks to early December, so a more long-term budget will still need to be established by then to avoid the same shutdown threat. With that item temporarily behind them, Congress is now putting their focus on what to do about the approaching debt ceiling issue. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen warned that in just a couple weeks, on October 18th, the U.S. is set to default on our existing legal obligations if the ceiling is not raised by then. If that were to happen, it would be the first time for the country. She warned that failing to raise the ceiling could possibly hurt Americans, put the value of the dollar at risk, as well as undermine the faith and credit of the U.S. government. Well, I think it would be catastrophic for the economy and for individual families. Nearly 50 million seniors could stop receiving Social Security payments or see them delayed. Our troops would not know when they would get their next paycheck. We have 30 million families who rely on the monthly child tax credit, and they would not receive that relief, at least on time. And as we saw in 2011, when the debt ceiling um, came, was raised at the absolute last minute, and investor and consumer confidence was shaken in the run-up, we saw a marked increase in interest rates a marked drop in the stock market. And when U.S. interest rates go up and the credit rating of the United States was downgraded, that means higher interest payments for everyone who has a loan, whether it's a small business, a homeowner with a mortgage, uh, a credit card payment, um, anyone who borrows would see uh, higher interest costs of their debt. There's a lot of political back and forth about this, like there has been with similar past cases to raise the limit. Republicans seem to be leveraging this crisis to address their concerns over more spending that Democrats want to do with other bills on the table. And they argue that since Democrats have the majority in both the legislative and executive branch, that they should be able to pass it without them. Democrats are saying that it should be a bipartisan effort and that decisions made during Trump's presidency contributed to this position we're in today, so they feel Republican fingerprints should be on this decision too. Constantly accruing more national debt does seem to be a general question for many Americans, yet the debt continues to rise regardless of the political party holding office. As of today, Congress has always raised the ceiling when prompted to do so. 
Since 1960, the limit has been raised 78 times, and our total debt is reaching close to $30 trillion. So we'll have to see what comes of the crisis. Either we raise the debt limit and see what the long-term effects of having tens of trillions of dollars in debt means for the country, or we default for the first time and see what the economic implications of that are. On top of the federal budget and debt ceiling issues, Congress is still going back and forth on two big bills that have been in talks for months. We have the $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill and then the $3.5 trillion social programs and climate change bill. As a reminder, the infrastructure bill was passed by the Senate in a rare bipartisan effort. Funding for improving American roads, buildings, and broadband technology has pretty wide support across political parties. But now that it's in the House's hands to approve for Biden's signature, many progressives are refusing unless their additional spending bill also passes with it. As another reminder, the bill they're pushing for would approve an additional $3.5 trillion for funding social programs like free community college, free childcare, paid family and medical leave, climate change initiatives, and more. This is a very controversial proposal because of the socialism leanings of the programs that tend to go against conservative ideologies, but mainly because of the price tag. All Republicans and even some moderate Democrats are having a hard time getting on board. Right now, two Democratic senators are holding up the vote, Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Senator Kirsten Sinema of Arizona. Senator Manchin has said, quote, I can't support $3.5 trillion more in spending when we have already spent $5.4 trillion since last March. At some point, all of us, regardless of the party, must ask the simple question, how much is enough? What I have made clear to the president and Democratic leaders is that spending trillions more on new and expanded government programs when we can't even pay for the essential programs like Social Security and Medicare is the definition of fiscal insanity, unquote. Beyond the content of these bills being discussed, The political infighting of the chambers, and also within the Democratic Party itself, has a lot of people questioning the effectiveness of the current representatives. There seems to be a lot on the table, but not a ton being done about it one way or another. There's a lot of doubling down from both sides without a ton of room for negotiations. I'm not saying this is necessarily a bad thing, as it's kind of the point to vote in representatives willing to fight for the positions of their constituents. The problem is it doesn't seem to bode well for a particularly divisive time in our country. When you have members coming to the table with their agendas, unwilling to budge, and seemingly starting to create a backlog of issues, there's talk of voters starting to lose confidence in their elected representatives as we approach midterm elections, which for the House and some senators is just next year in 2022. Right now, Democrats hold a majority in both chambers, but only by a very slight margin. So really every seat matters if they want to keep the majority. There will have to be resolutions on these items one way or another very soon. If passed, President Biden will achieve what would be a massive victory in terms of fulfilling his campaign promises with these measures. If not, the conversations about the effectiveness of his administration could continue. Today is Monday, October 4th, and you've just been informed. Now it's time to get on with your day. I'm Michelle Carroll. Thanks so much for listening. 
If you like the news diet, be sure to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast so you can always get the latest episode and leave a review as we all know how that helps boost a show's visibility. If you have any suggestions on how I can improve the show, I definitely want to hear from you. I want the news diet to be as valuable as possible for you. So if you feel compelled, please feel free to reach out to me on Twitter or Instagram at the news diet or directly to my email feedback at thenewsdiet.com.